Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. Hey, we are helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king, King Jesus, that is. And I'm telling you, he's got a great plan for you. And that's our prayers that, you know, the things that uh, the Lord puts on our heart to share, that it's encouraging you, uh, strengthening you, um, you know, and motivating you to get out there and do some stuff. Hallelujah. There's, there's lots of things to be done and there's not enough people involved. Hallelujah. You know, I'm so thankful for what I've been seeing, what I've been hearing. And, you know, I'm coming across more and more people, man, that really have just strong motivation, strong vision to see the Lord do something mighty. And, uh, you know, we are believing for a great awakening. We are believing that God will demonstrate himself in a powerful, powerful way in our time. And, uh, and it's going to be a combination. You know, this is what the prophets have been saying, that it's going to be all the moves of God wrapped up into one. There's a synergy of effort uh, you've probably heard me say this, that, uh, you know, Azusa, we don't need to go back to Azusa, but Azusa needed to happen because we needed that uh, le- that uh, measure. We needed that labor of faith. We needed that uh, glory. And now we go from faith to faith, glory to glory. So, you know, there's going to be, uh, there's, there's going to be elements of Azusa rolled into this move of God that's coming upon us right now. Oh, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal, my friends. In fact, let me share this with you and then we'll get right into what I wanted to talk about. But uh, I was in Florida over the new year at some meetings down there. And the very first Sunday of the year, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm worshiping and I sensed, you know, I discerned the fire of God just come all over me. Uh, you know, it wasn't literal fire, but you know, I, I mean, I just sensed the fire of God. Remember scripture says that Jesus will baptize you in the spirit and fire. And, uh, that fire came on me. I, I was standing there. I just began to shake, you know, I'm not really a shaker, but, uh, man, I just began to just shake under that power under that fire. And then all, all of a sudden I began to smell Brownsville. Now my wife and I were, uh, in Brownsville, we got to attend and we were touched mightily in that revolutionary revival that took place in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, she went in 98, 99, and I went in 99. The year I was there, it was called branded by fire. Branded by fire was the theme. And I'm telling you, it was what a powerful, uh, week. I mean, what just, just an encounter with the spirit of the Lord, I will never be the same. I was uh, dramas, uh, dramatically touched in that revival. Well, when I'm sitting there, of course, this was in Jacksonville, Florida, but I'm standing there and I sense the fire come on me. And then I began to smell Brownsville. I was like, Lord, what is this? Now, listen, the Lord isn't wanting us to go back and return to a thing. Listen, Brownsville won't ever happen again like, like that. I'm not saying there won't be another revival in the area, but we're not looking back to those things. It's not a monument. You know, it's not an altar. It's not this thing that we just go back to, you know, but what the Lord was saying is, look, Brownsville had to happen. Brownsville was a labor in the spirit. They, they labored for something. We went from faith to faith. We went from glory to glory, grace upon grace. Brownsville accomplished its assignment. And I believe what the Lord was showing me was the reason why I was sensing it. The reason why I was smelling it. The reason why he reminded me of the fire. I, I mean, so tangibly was because in this move of God that is upon us, 
there will be elements of Brownsville again. Why? Because it's all the moves. It's all the revelations of God rolled up into one. There's going to be the healing revival wrapped up in this one. There's going to be Brownsville and Toronto. There's going to be the Welsh revival. There's going to be the um, uh, Lewis uh, Island revivals. It, uh, there's going to be Azusa. It, there's going to be the healing revival, the charismatic renewal. It's all going to be rolled up in this thing that God is doing now. He uh, he didn't just say, look, um, I'm going to do this, and then I'm never going to reveal that part of me again. Listen, we labored in that faith. We labored in that glory. Hallelujah. Just so that the foundation could be laid so more revelation could come. So, friends, I would just encourage you, get it, get excited. Hallelujah. And don't be so, um, um, you know, snooty and snotty about when people talk about the experiences of God that they experience, the revivals that they experience. Listen, it's coming back around again. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I just thank the Lord for it. Man, Brownsville, there was so there was a unique kind of element in that. That's that's not a one a one and done. That built, and we're standing upon that foundation so that more and greater revelation and demonstration can come. Oh, thank you, Father, for it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So be encouraged, friends. Great things are happening. Great things are, are happening right now. I was just talking to somebody the other day and they were saying that they sensed that this awakening is already upon us oh man i believe it i believe it i believe it i believe it oh thank you lord thank you lord well let's jump right into the podcast today and i want to encourage you in something i, w- I want to talk about being led by your inner man or strengthening your inner man first john chapter 5 verse 10 says he who believes in the son of god has the witness in himself he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Now, this verse in context is speaking about when you are born again. Holy Spirit, who just recreated your spirit, is now bearing witness, or he is attesting or testifying that now you are a new creature, a new creation within your spirit. Now, this is important because when you were born again, you still had your body or your tent. You know, we could we could easily phrase it like this, that you are tabernacling on the earth. Your body, okay, you are not a body, you have a body. This body of mortality, or we could say it like this, it's trapped in a spiritual condition called mortality, and uh, you will be in that until you put off this body of mortality and put on a body likened unto his. Now, you are a body, but you, or excuse me, you have a body. You are not just a body. You have a body. You are a spirit. And when you are born again, you now have the life of God on the inside of you. Um, the Greek word is the word zoe. It's a phenomenal word study. But uh, just as the Father has life in himself, now that you are born again, you have that same life in yourself. That's what uh, John chapter 5 told us. Now, uh, but you still have the same body of flesh that you had before you were born again. Your spirit man is what was recreated. And then James, the book of James says that the soul part of you, that's your mind, will, emotions, that's the basics, that part of you is being renewed even unto the saving of it. Uh, or we could say even unto the perfecting of it. Your soul is not perfect, and it has to come under the dominion 
of your spirit, or at least that's the object. Your soul uh, can kind of be a derivative of sorts of whether or not you are spiritually dominated uh, by the new life that you have received through Christ Jesus, or whether or not you're still going to be fleshy, uh, fleshy or carnal minded. Uh, there are influences in the natural realm because there is an influencer. There is an overlord. He's called the God of this age or the God of this world. He is influencing. He is he is manipulating the natural realm, and that 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 presses in on the fleshy part of you because that's your body. That's the part that interacts with the natural realm predominantly, uh, and then that that input off your natural senses is fed into your soul, and you have to make a decision. Are you going to take your cues from the input or insight, the data received off the natural realm through the means of the flesh? Or are you going to be spiritually dominated uh, as input comes in from spiritual senses? Okay. Your spirit man, okay, uh, can receive from the Lord. And then that comes into the soul realm. And then you have to, you know, make, make a decision. Are you going to be dominated by the spirit, by, by the life of Christ in you? Or are you going to be dominated by the flesh? So again, you are a spirit. You are a spirit. And when I look at you, I can look down into your spirit when I look through your eyes. Hallelujah. Uh, but I interact with you predominantly through the natural means. You know, when I give you a hug, give you a handshake, pat you on the back, that's through the uh, the natural realm. That's through the, the, the body of flesh. That part right there was not born again. Your body was not born again. And it's subject to a lot of the decay and the decadence and the influences of, of the natural realm. It's subject to it, but it doesn't have to be subjugated to it. Or let me say it like this. It doesn't have to uh, be held in bondage to the natural realm, but it is easily, it is easily influenced by the natural realm. This is why a born again believer sometimes gets sick. Hallelujah. Uh, we endeavor to resist sickness. Praise the Lord. And there are men and women uh, that have done that. Um, it's not that they never, ever got sick, but they resisted sickness. They developed their spirit, man. They developed uh, the knowledge of who they are in Christ Jesus to where they, you know, did a pretty good job at resisting some of the attacks uh, of the enemy. And uh, But that doesn't mean that if you are a born-again believer and you get sick that you've, you're this terrible person. No, it's just that we live in a fallen world and the reality of the natural realm is tending towards, heading towards death, decay, destruction, etc. Um, uh, let's see. So you can be born again, but still have this body of flesh. This body of flesh, Paul says, the fleshly nature, the desires, the... A tendency to be extremely influenced by the natural realm has to be put under or it has to be disciplined paul said or it has to be crucified all these words work work together uh they're not three different options uh but uh this body of flesh if you just let it go galatians says there's the works of the flesh um if you didn't take dominion over the desires that are kind of native to the natural realm, your flesh picks up on them because that's all it knows. Your flesh doesn't understand spiritual things. First Corinthians tells us that. And so if, if it wasn't dominated, if it wasn't 
crucified, so so to speak, if it wasn't put under, if you just let it live for a day, it will be drawn and attracted to natural thing, lusts of the flesh, lusts of the natural realm. And because this natural realm is extremely influenced by the overlord or by the God of this age, uh, it's not going to tend towards pure, holy, or righteous things because of the dark influence on this natural realm. Um, The soul part of you, it has to be renewed. Uh, Romans tells us that. There's a transformation that's possible, experiential, but the mind is a part of that. The soul is a part of that, and it has to be renewed. When you were born again, the soul part of you wasn't necessarily made perfect. It has to be transformed. It, 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 it has to have its mind changed. The moment you got born again, you still had patterns and ways and habits, etc., of thinking. You had beliefs that were developed based on the natural input. You were, a, you were dead unto God. You were cut off from righteousness. You were blinded from the knowledge of the truth is what the scripture says. But now that you've been born again, there's an, there's an illumination now. You are understanding that you are in a totally different kingdom. And then Ephesians tells us that you're going to learn Christ now. You're going to take off uh, mindsets, you're going to take off things that you have come to the conclusion, so to speak, that were truths. Well, you're submitting them to Christ now. You're submitting them to uh, righteousness. And uh, Christ is going to say, no, 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 that's not the truth. Now, that's that's what you understood. But here's the truth. And Ephesians says that you're going to take off like a dirty shirt, like dirty clothes. Whenever you're confronted with the truth, you're, 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 you're going to change your mind like the like you would a, a changing clothes you're going to take off what you did clothe yourself in and now you're going to clothe yourself in the knowledge of the truth or in the knowledge of him you're going to put on him in the areas that you're yielding to revelation knowledge to come all right so let me restate all that really quick so you are a spirit but before you were born again you were dead Uh, You were like a walking dead man. You were uh, eternally destined for darkness, okay? But uh, praise God, you got born again. Hallelujah. And listen, if you're not born again right now, friend, you need to call out on the name of Jesus right now. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Just call on him right now. Say, Jesus, I need you. Oh, I need you. I need you. I need you. I want to have this life. I acknowledge you as the giver of that life. Uh, I, I, I acknowledge that I am desperately lost without you. I need you right now. Friend, just call on Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Don't delay. Accept him today. But when you were born again, okay, now you've got this body that's not born again. It's not glorified. It still has to, um, let me see. How do I say this? Your body still has to walk out its days of mortality. Hallelujah. Uh, until you are able to exchange the body of flesh for a body likened unto his. That's a glorified body. And that body knows only a spiritual condition called immortality. This body does not know that. Uh, people walk around like, we're immortal. Well, your your spirit technically is immortal in the sense of it doesn't, uh, it's not subjugated um, like, um, the body of flesh is not immortal, not this body. 
uh, you could do something to this body and you could stop its processes, its systems. Immortality means you can't die. There's, there's nothing, there is nothing powerful enough to stop its processes. All right. You and I don't have that yet in this body of flesh. Our spirit man, if you're born again, hallelujah, it understands eternal life now. Uh, it was dead unto Christ, even though it would eternally exist, it just wouldn't eternally exist with him. Hallelujah. Uh, before you knew Jesus Christ, you were going to eternally exist, just not with him. It would have been in hell. Hallelujah. But the body of flesh, it's trapped in a spiritual condition in the natural realm called mortality. And we still have that, even after our spirits have been born again. Now, our spirit can minister life to our flesh. That's in Romans. And why would we minister life to this body of flesh? Because this body, we need this body to be able to finish our assignment here on the earth. You're not going to interact on the earth without this body. Ha hallelujah. If, this, if anything were to happen to this body, you would be present with the Lord. <laughs> hallelujah. You need a body to interact on the earth. And so, this body, though, because it's so connected to the natural realm and it's extremely influenced by different things, circumstances uh, in the natural realm, it needs a spirit. Come on. It needs, uh, it needs you, the real you on the inside, to minister life to it so that it stays strong, it stays healthy, it stays whole, it receives healing when necessary so that you can finish your assignment. As soon as you're done with your assignment, friend, then you can do what Jesus did. Father, I, uh, I have finished my race. What did he say? It is finished. It is finished. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And then what's it say? He gave up. He gave up the ghost. He, his spirit came out of his body. His spirit came out of his body. His body died because the spirit left. Hallelujah. Once he kicked off that body of mortality, guess what? He was able to put on, come on, a glorified body, that body now doesn't have the limitations that his earthly body had be, be, because now it's in a spiritual condition called immortality. Come on, and it's not going to suffer under the pressures of the natural realm, the lusts of the flesh. That new body doesn't struggle with that. Listen, friends, I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to that day. Hallelujah. But until then, we are dominating Come on, dominating by way of the Spirit. And we are renewing our mind, changing our mind. Our mind is being enlightened. And uh, we are uh, 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 developing our mind to agree with our spirit. That's what your mind was created for. Your mind was designed to agree with something. It's either going to agree with the impulses of the flesh or it's going to agree with the impulses of the spirit. Listen, develop your mind mind come on to where it yields and it agrees with it submits to the impulses of your spirit man all right so the most important thing that has ever happened to you friend was confirmed to you within your spirit i'm talking about when you were born again and this is very very important uh remember when jesus meets the woman at the well he tells her that the hour is coming when we won't worship here at this physical location or over there at a certain physical mountain, but rather because God is a spirit, he was seeking those who would worship him in spirit. You got to understand this was not possible before because they weren't born again. 
they had to literally physically travel to a location. This is this is what most people knew where God was at, where he was revealed. So he tells her that this hour is coming, that you're not going to worship here or there or at this certain place, but rather because God is a spirit, he is seeking those who will worship him in spirit. Jesus was setting the stage for spirits to be born anew and a covenant made with these living spirits. Fast forward now, and our spirits are born again under the new covenant. Now we don't or can't communicate with God in soul or in body, but only in spirit with our recreated spirit or through our spirit, our recreated spirit. I'm not saying that there's not an expression uh, that we lift our hands, but you understand that that is the result of, come on, a uh, physical outworking of something going on on the spirit realm. These bodies are yielding to our spirit. Our body isn't in control, shouldn't be in control. If it was in control, it probably wouldn't worship the Lord. If your body was in, in, in control, it probably didn't feel like lifting its hands. It probably doesn't feel like shouting um, uh, with the voice of triumph. It probably doesn't uh, want to sing a song. It probably doesn't want to run around or lay on the floor or bow down. Your flesh doesn't want to do those 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 things. It, 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 in fact, I don't know if we'll get to it, but it really doesn't have the capacity. Those those that connection to the spirit realm the body's like the flesh part of you the natural part of you it it has no mind for that thing your body is just it should be a subject to your spirit man which is alive unto god and your spirit man is saying i want to worship the lord your body should follow suit with with that so when you were born again you became a spirit and you became one spirit with him 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Hallelujah. The Passion Translation says, But the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit with him. Now that you and him and me and him, I and him, now that we are one, one in spirit, not one in body, not one in soulish things, no, God is a spirit, and he wants to interact with us through our spirit, spirit to spirit. Now that uh, you and God are one, he now uses your spirit man, your inner man, or the hidden man of the heart. 1 Peter 3, 3-4 says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, the arranging of the hair, the wearing of gold, or the putting on of fine apparel. Rather, let it be what? The hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. Listen, there's nothing wrong with adorning this Sukkot. There's nothing wrong with adorning this tent. Remember, Paul said that this body was a tent. But the idea here is that we're not putting all of our emphasis on this tent. We are tabernacling here, but you understand that... Uh, the. the the idea is not to simply adorn just the outward at the expense of, come on, the adorning of the inward man. That's the part of you that needs to experience the most investment, not just the body part. Uh, this is why he said in one part that physical exercise profiteth little. He's not saying don't, don't exercise physically, but he was saying if you could see the most important part of you, yes, your physical body is important. Soul part of you is important, 
but all of those are a derivative of a strong or weak spirit. So the most, most important thing would, would be to develop your spirit man. And then certain things, exteriorly speaking, aren't, aren't or won't be as important as, as they used to be. God uses your spirit as his candle. He doesn't use your body as his candle. He uses your spirit as his candle. Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of a man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord. What does that mean? Well, it means this. When God wants to illuminate or enlighten you, when God wants to communicate with you, he will light up your spirit. Remember that verse that the entrance of your words, what does it do? The entrance of his words gives light. So when God wants to speak to you, he's going to speak to your spirit. When God wants to communicate with you, he will communicate to your spirit. He's not going to communicate directly to your body. I'm not saying that your body won't feel a thing or there will be, um, uh, you know, there won't be like when something happens spiritually, I'm not saying that's not going to work out into the natural realm. I'm not saying that. What, what I am saying though is that God isn't going to speak to your body. He won't light up your soul or mind. He won't light up your body. He's not going to light up your arm, your leg. He's not going to light up something sense, natural sense able. He is a spirit. He is not trapped in a spiritual condition called mortality like you are. And your physical body can be easily influenced by the natural realm. This is why he's not gonna lead you by a tingling in your shoulder. He's not gonna lead you by a pain in your hip. He's not going to lead you by something uh, that is solely connected to the natural realm. Uh, you know, there's been different times when um, I've had a word of knowledge uh, concerning something like uh, like if the Lord is wanting to heal a particular uh, issue in some in someone's body, that the word of knowledge can come on so strong, it's as if I was kind of sensing um, the pain my, myself. Uh, but the danger is people who think that God is talking to them uh, because of a pain or a thing or a this in the natural only. It, it would have to work from the spirit and that manifestation or revelation in the spirit would work outward towards the natural realm, but it's never going to start in the natural realm and work inward to the spiritual realm. Does that make sense? So uh, I'm not saying that you won't have such an impression of what God's wanting to do that you may sense a thing in the natural realm. My caution would be don't, don't develop being led by something in the natural like, oh man, my elbow's hurting. Oh, God must want to heal someone's elbow. It, it, it won't originate in the natural realm is what I'm trying to say. So again, when God wants to communicate with you, he said that your spirit, your spirit, you are one with him in spirit. If, when he wants to talk to you, when he wants to reveal something to you, he's gonna light up your spirit. He's gonna light up your spirit. He may not light up your natural circumstances. He may not light up your natural situation. He probably won't turn on a light in your bedroom, and that means I want to talk to you. No, something's going to happen on the inside of you, in your spirit. He will enlighten or speak to your spirit because he is a spirit. Psalm 18, 28 says, for you will light my lamp. Another translation says, you will light my candle. Well, what, what is his candle? Your spirit. 
It says, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. What does that mean? Well, um, you, you don't know a thing until God reveals it to you. Where is he going to reveal things to you? In your spirit. When he wants to show you something, when he wants to reveal something to you, when he wants to enlighten you, your spirit, man, will illuminate. Now, I have a practice um, that when I'm focusing in on what the Lord's doing or saying, I'll put my hand kind of right over my belly, kind of like just below my heart, right over my stomach area. And um, because it helps me to focus on the inward man. Now, where is your spirit? Well, it is the very innermost part of you. Uh, I believe the King James uses the word bowels. It's not in your intestines, okay? But it's saying it is, it is, it, it is so deep within you. It's not surfaced like the skin. It's not up here like the shoulder bone. But it, it, it is the very deepest part of who you are. Now, I believe that just like we, um, f- uh, we uh, in him, we live and move, and uh, he fills all in all. Our spirit man fills all in all. Um, it's like our spirit man completely fills up our body. So this would kind of lend to the fact that our spirit man has arms, right? It, it fills us completely. But I put my hand right here, kind of like on the center part, the center mass of my body. It helps me to think, listen, where is this unction coming from? Where am I receiving something supernatural, a knowledge, an understanding, a word, a prophetic word, insight, leading? Where is it coming from? I put my hand here because it reminds me it's not coming from out here. It's not coming from the natural There is nothing natural that is positioned by the Lord to give me cues when he wants to tell something to me. He's not in my laptop. He's not in my office. He is in my spirit. Him and I are one in spirit. He's not talking through the walls of my home. He's not talking through my phone to try and get my attention. He is illuminating my spirit, man. And my spirit man fills my body all in all. And so I have to be aware. I'm not trying to listen for external cues or sources. Um, People say, man, I hear God audibly. I'm not uh, arguing that. I have never heard the audible voice of the Lord. I have heard the audible voice of an angel, but I have not heard the audible voice of the Lord God because he is in my spirit man. He would rather communicate to me in the spirit realm. Now, I know people uh, that have had those experiences. In fact, my spiritual father, Kenneth Hagin, Jesus appeared to him uh, on multiple occasions. But the last time Jesus appeared to him, he sat down in a chair next, next to his bed where he was at. And he communicated with him for about an hour and a half, natural time. And Jesus told him several things. And the last thing Jesus told him was that he would no longer appear to him in this way. But he began to talk to him about how he leads New Testament believers. The reason why I say New Testament believers is because Jesus was expressing to him 
that because people are born again now, their spirits are recreated, and now they're one spirit with the Lord. Jesus began to tell them that this is how he's going to lead. Uh, my spiritual father, Brother Hagin, but this is how he desires to lead all believers. And he instructed Brother Hagin that he would never appear to him again like that. But from that point forward, he would only lead him through the witness of the inner man. Now, if Jesus is still appearing to you, praise the Lord. But this is what Jesus instructed him. Because this is the what we would call the New Testament. This is the principal revelation of the New, New Testament is that you are a born-again spirit. You are one with him. He has invested his Holy Spirit on the inside of you. There is a connection to him. It was his desire. I don't want you to come out here and interact with me naturally. I want to invest myself. I want to be all in all on the inside of you. I want a temple, come on, where my fullness can dwell, not made with hands, man's hands. That's your spirit. No man made your spirit. God made your spirit. God created your spirit. That's the place he wants to dwell. Not external, internal, not out here, inside here. So Jesus told Brother Hagin, I'll never lead you by external means. I won't appear to you anymore. You will no longer be led by this way. I will lead you now through the illumination or the witness from the inner man. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. That is absolutely amazing. So again, I put my hand here so that it reminds me to look inside. I don't want to be uh, influenced by an external sound, an external word, an external movement. Anything that is sense-able is um, uh, naturally sense-able, sensible. Sense-able is easily manipulated. So I look inside. You know, because when you're praying for somebody, there's emotions, there's pains, there are feelings, there are natural things that are going on. You can't be led by the, by those things. You have to look inside. What is Holy Spirit saying? Because he knows all things. What's Holy Spirit saying about this? And the other thing we have to be aware of is um, the enemy. Where Where is the enemy? Well, he's the God of this age. What age? What realm? Natural, natural. He can, uh, he can influence you. Those fiery darts, where do they come? They come from out here. They don't come from your spirit unless you're possessed. Are you possessed by a devil? Well, then you're probably getting something from the inside then. We're, t- we're talking, he, he's out here. He's out here. I'm not possessed by him. I am one with the Holy Ghost. But, the, but demons are, are out here. Demons are out here on the natural, natural soul, soul soul realm, natural, natural realm, fleshy, carnal. These things are all subject to their influences, thoughts, ideas, suggestions. And you have to be watchful. You have to be watchful, especially when you're ministering to somebody that you're not picking up on something from the natural soulish realm. That's that's how familiar spirits work. I'm looking inside. What's Holy Spirit saying from here? And so if I could say it like this, this may not be the right way to say it, but if I could say it like this, when I have a leading from the Holy Ghost, it seems like, or it feels like, I'm using natural terms to explain this, that out of my belly, remember he said, out of my belly shall flow, what? Rivers of living water. Why? Because that's where the life source is, in your innermost, innermost man. So for me, when I have something from the Lord, 
if I have a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, a, a prophetic word, a tongue, an interpretation, if I have a leading, if I have an unction, it seems like it comes up out of my belly and comes up and lights on my mind. My spirit illuminates my mind. God will illuminate my spirit and then my spirit will illuminate my mind. My spirit will give my mind, come on, something to work with. It, my spirit will, will say, hey, look, lay your hands on that person and say this. Well, where did that come from? Uh, it could have came from the devil. There's a lot of fakers, posers, manipulators, charlatans, cheaters, and deceivers. It could have came from out here. Uh, it could have came from out here. It could have even come originated from the soul realm. Maybe I just made it up. Maybe I just made it up. But if it came up out of the spirit and lit upon my mind, listen, I trust that. I trust that. And I'm developing that. And you are developing that. And we should develop it. We need to get better and better and better and faster and stronger at recognizing when something comes from the outward like it lights upon your mind from the outside. What I mean from external things, natural realm, familiar spirits, somebody else's suggestions, somebody else's ideas, a thing you saw, you touched, you felt, you smelt. Uh, you know, it could come from the soul realm, your emotions, okay? Because of something you heard, now your emotions are stirred up. Doesn't mean it came from the spirit. Just because it's emotional doesn't mean it's from the spirit. Your emotions should be a derivative of the lighting upon from your spirit. Oh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, whenever I sense the presence of the Lord, sometimes I'll just cry. Why? Because, uh, but that's pure because my soul part of me, come on, is responding to my spirit, man, being illuminated. Uh, I'm sensing the Lord doing something in our midst real time. And the knowledge of that, of the supernatural, the heavenly realm, impacting, permeating, maneuvering, manifesting, demonstrating in the natural realm, the knowledge of that, the discernment of that, many times will cause, will light upon me. It'll light upon my emotions. It'll light upon my mind. And I, my, my mind, my soul realm will say, body, lift your hands. Uh, my emotions will just begin sometimes to either laugh or cry or, you know, however. But what I'm saying is, you can't be led the other way. Some people, they heard a word in the natural and their emotions responded to that input, that sense able input of data from the natural and your emotions responded to it. It has nothing to do with anything spiritual at all. I think you understand what I'm saying. I took the long road. That was the uh, scenic route. Hallelujah. So when God wants to uh, light your lamp, when he wants to reveal something to you, use you, uh, speak to you. You've got a prophetic word. Listen, prophets, you don't make stuff up. I mean, study the basic uh, generic, the start point of the definitions of some of these uh, uh, spiritual functions. And uh, for the prophetic unction, it's like a sail, like a uh, the sail of a ship. If you ever studied out the historical definitions of these functions, um, you uh, what what the prophet does is he puts his sail up in the spirit. What's he doing? He's checking inside. Lord, what are you saying? When the wind of the spirit begins to blow, then he has utterance. But if the wind of the spirit is not speaking, not blowing, if the spirit isn't moving, the prophet doesn't have anything. Nobody in the in this sense 
on this side, come on, of heaven, on this side, come on, at least of your glorified body, you are not making stuff up. Jesus said, I only do, come on, what I see him do, and I only say what I hear him say. That's this side. Hallelujah. That's the posture that we take to stay out of error. We got to stay out of error. You know, I'm around some people occasionally that, you know, think they're all that in a bag of chips and, and, you know, it's whatever they want to do, then God's working with them. No, 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 no. You know, even in Mark 16, the word, come on, who, who does the word work with or who, who do we work with? Let me, let me get there. Mark 16. This is important right here. And they went out, Mark 16, 20, and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with and confirming the what? The word, his own word, not their word, not their word. Listen, we, we put our sails up. We put our sails up, our sails, like our wind sails. We open up ourselves. God, if you want to do something, enlighten my spirit, enlighten my spirit. If I have no illumination, then I wait. I'm going to be still and know that you are God. But when you want me to do something, you enlighten me. When you want me to say something, uh, illuminate me. I'm, I'm here. I am a, I am a, uh, my spirit man is a, uh, is receptive, is a, uh, is a, um, my spirit man is on standby. <laughs> Hallelujah. I am a container for you. I move at your impulses. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I am, um, I am in step with you, uh, in my development and in my training. I'm going to do everything that the master does and I will watch. I'll watch. I'll watch. I'll, I'll stay close. I'll have hearing spiritual ears. I'll have very keen, come on, spiritual eyes. And, uh, and my spiritual being is very sensitive that I move when he, he, he moves. And I don't, I don't, I don't get out of sequence. I don't get out of rhythm with, with him. I don't get ahead of him and I don't drag far behind. I stay, I stay in step with him. I am in movement with him. He is the master. I am the student. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, you, you don't know. I mean, you don't know. Holy Spirit knows. You don't know. You don't know. I mean, Jesus went into places, and uh, in some places he healed everybody, and in other places he healed one guy. Listen, there are things that the Spirit knows you don't know. You don't know. You don't know where everybody's at. Only the Spirit does. This is why I'm saying you get some of these people that that say, well, if I release, then that's it. If I do, then that's it. You know, if the Holy Spirit isn't moving, then then uh, then I'll make a, a move. Well, well, listen, you might mess it up. Hallelujah. You, you might just get out there and do something in the flesh. Your motivation was pure. Maybe your intentions were pure, but you don't know everything. You don't see everything. And in particularly, I love this passage. I quote it all the time. In 1 John chapter 2, it says, we have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things. In particularly in context, he's talking about that because that's how you're going to navigate, come on, the premier end time strategy of deception. You don't know in the natural realm. You may look with the natural eyes and say, man, I don't see anything going on here. I'm going to make something happen. You don't know what's going on in, unless Holy Spirit illuminates you, come on, to uh, understand what's going on behind the scenes. Oh, praise God for it. And, you know, bless 
bless these people that think that, you know, God works for them, but we work for him. Hallelujah. And, uh, maybe that's my, uh, I, I would rather be on that side of it than the other side of it. I would rather be over here on this side, on the side of humility saying, I am, I will do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. Isn't that the example of Jesus? You don't see Jesus going around saying, I'm making stuff happen. Oh, I'm making stuff happen. You know, watch me disciples. Watch what I do. Yeah, no, no, no. He said he only did. And he only said, hallelujah. Listen, friends, that's the safest place to be right now. That's the safest place to be because man, I'm telling you with the spirit of antichrist, uh, coming into a place of fullness, uh, you want to stay humble. You want to stay low. You want to stay movable, shapeable, pliable to Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You really want to get in and press in and be sensitive, keen to unction out of the spirit realm. You cannot, you cannot take your cues from the natural realm. You can only take your cues from the spirit. If you start leaning, this is, isn't that what Proverbs said? Isn't that what Proverbs said? Lean not on your what? On your own insight. Insight. What is insight? It's data received through the natural senses. You cannot look at a situation and then say, because I see with my natural eye, I'm going to do this without checking on the inside. Out of your spirit will come a, pers a perspective. Listen, physically, naturally speaking, you are on the earth. Spiritually, you are seated in, in the heavenlies. Only by way, come on, of that unction from your spirit, man, will you even be capable to have a perspective to know what's going on behind the scenes. You can look at somebody in the natural and you don't know the whole thing. This is why Jesus was led of the spirit. He didn't arbitrarily do something in the natural. There was a different perspective he operated from because the natural realm is easily manipulated. What does he say? Trust in the Lord. What is this? Proverbs three, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own natural understanding I think the Amplified Bible adds this. Do not lean or trust in your own insight. In, natural, natural, natural. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. What's he saying? He's not contradicting himself. He's saying, look, you cannot trust what your natural eyes see as the gospel truth. It may be factual, but it doesn't mean it's the truth. You cannot trust what you just heard audibly. It, it, it may be factual. Somebody said something to you. I mean, a demon may have spoke, spoke to you, but you can't take your cues from out there, not if you're born again. But what can you trust? He said, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct your paths. What's he referring to? He's going to illuminate your, your spirit. You, you can trust uh, the voice of your spirit. You can trust that illumination. You can trust that understanding that comes from the spirit. You can trust. You can take it to the bank. Hallelujah. You can obey God and be found righteous if you follow after the unction of, of, of your spirit, but if you take your cues from the natural realm, you may have done an, an unrighteous thing. You may be in disobedience. You may be contrary, Galatians says, to the spirit if you act on what just what you're taking in from the natural or external means and ways. Hallelujah. 
So again, the number one way God is going to lead you will be by or through your inner man. There will be an inner witness from within you. Look at Job 38, 36. Who hath put wisdom in the inward parts? This is Job 38, Job 38, 36. I mean, Job's phenomenal story. Job was an ignorant man. He only knew God by natural means. This is why when the devil came to him, he thought Satan was God. Listen, the in the New Testament, Job didn't have that, obviously, did he? In the New Testament, we're told to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. How come Job didn't do that? Because he did not have a revelation, number one, of who God was. He did not have a revelation, number two, of who the devil was. And so he thought the devil was God. So he yielded. He submitted. He didn't resist him. Then we found out that, man, the devil exploited him through fear. That's Job 3. But look at this in Job 38. Who hath put wisdom in the inward parts, or who has given understanding to the heart? God is revealing to Job right here, listen, I'm not going to lead you by external ways. I am going to uh, put something on the inside of you. I mean, this is all type, right? This was before it was possible for us to be born again, but God's revealing, hey, listen, this is this is how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to lead you through external means. I'm not saying that there's not an impact on the natural realm. I'm not saying that manifestations, demonstrations, miracles, etc., alter. It alters. It usurps. It takes authority over natural things. Of course it does, but he's not leading you through natural insight, input, impulses. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And he says this, do not, verse 9, Psalm 32, 9, do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding. We could add in there just for clarity, no spiritual understanding. He said, don't be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, which, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle. Let me read that to you one more time. This is the Lord. He said, I'm going to instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye, but don't be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding and must be led around with a bit and a bridle. Notice what the Lord is saying here. He said, I'm going to guide you. I, I want to lead you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are uh, if you're born again, you are designed to commune and fellowship with him by the by way of the spirit. He says, I want to lead you, but he warned us. He said, don't be like the horse or the mule that cannot be led from within. The horse and the mule can only be led from without. Um, the horse and the mule, they need an accompanying strong physical persuasion. The bit and the bridle is how they're led. He said, Listen, I am not going to lead you through physical manipulatives, but rather by your inner man. Let me say that one more time. Our Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, they are covenanted with us to lead us and to guide us. They are covenanted with us to illuminate upon our spirit man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for it. But they are not going to lead us through physical persuasions like the horse and the mule he's not going to harness something physically and use these physical natural manipulatives to give you your cues he's not putting a bit and a bridle on you physically to say go this way or go that way 
when he wants you to go left, there's no bridle. There's there there there's there's no you're you're you have nothing physically on to where you go left at his leading whether you want to or, or not. No, he will illuminate your inner man. He will illuminate your inner man and he'll say I want you to go left. Well, everything in the natural is saying go right. I mean, you don't have a bit and bridle, but somebody standing over here with a gun saying, go right, go right. Somebody over here is, you know, they've set up a situation or a circumstance and they're saying, no, we want you to go right. You go right. But on the inside, he said, I'm leading you. And it is free of any physical manipulation. He said, I want you to go left. Well, listen, you, you, you will only obey if you are sensitive from taking your cues from within in hallelujah listen friend i pray that you are developing your inner man that's how the lord's going to lead you you are a spirit you have a soul you live in a body oh thank you father for the arrangement but we need to know how that arrangement works well i hope you were encouraged today i hope you had a great takeaway let me pray for you father i thank you right now in the name of jesus that your word is helping us to uh, understand how you have designed us. And Father, we believe we receive right now at the hearing of your word, that agency, that, that intelligence, that intellect that's in the living word is going to go to work on our spirits. I thank you, Father, that before we know it, we're going to be producing this reality. And our spirit man is growing strong. And our leading and our yieldedness to the unction from within is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And Father, I pray for all my friends and all the listeners that, uh, that are tuned in today. I thank you, Father, that they will not be led about by deceptive means. But, Father, they're going to navigate the days in which we live because they're going to navigate it by way of the Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost wants to tell you that you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, friends, for tuning in. Call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. If you need somebody to pray with you, we'll get right back with you. We'd love to agree with you. That's one way that we can partner with you is partner with you in prayer. A big shout out to all of our uh, financial partners, those who have given anything towards the podcast. It's a tax deductible gift. There's uh, some costs associated with the podcast getting out there. I want to say thank you to um, those who have sewn into that. It is a tremendous blessing if you want to be uh associated with us in that way as well several ways to do that you can go to the website gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give uh there's an app you can download um uh, you can give through the giving app let's say you can text to give if you are in the united states 84321 that's 84321 just follow prompts or you can snail mail it you can send it to us you can write a check and mail it to us p.o box 7 harrison arkansas 7260 All right, friends, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed.